Hey guys, this is Renee from Throwing Down with Renee and Misha. On this podcast, we talked the three cards from last weekend across Bellator and UFC, three main events with women headlining. We discussed this amazing week for women in combat sports, and we get to speak to the winner of one of those main events, the new Bellator flyweight champion, Liz Carmouche. Here we go. It really feels like, you know, I mean, you, you hear those moments uh, in, in the intro for this segment and all of these historic moments happening and uh, momentum building behind women in combat sports. I mean, there's a ton in professional wrestling as well. And it does really feel like this momentum is growing. It's more important. Um, there's some real steam behind it. And I, I feel like fans are so invested in the women's divisions in ways that, that maybe they hadn't been before. And it, it, it feels so cool to see the women getting to really shine in these moments, you know, coming off of a weekend with three, uh, you know, three different cards from two in Bellator, one UFC, all had three women, uh, women's matches, main eventing those cards. Uh, so cool to see that as we head into uh, this weekend with Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor at uh, Madison Square Garden boxing on Saturday. They're taking the platform for you as a woman, as one of the trailblazers in this sport. How do you look at it and how do you feel about from the time when you first started to looking at where the sport is now? It's been quite a journey and, and it's very exciting to see the evolution of women in mixed martial arts, just considering, you know, when I started back in the early 2000s, um, that it just, it was the time when Dana wasn't even talking about women's MMA and then it graduated mm -hmm. into never, you know, as, as you heard that we wouldn't be. Yep. And then uh, to fast forward to here where we just had a weekend where there were three women's headlining fights over the weekend. And it's so promising. It's very, very promising for the future of our, of our growth, of our sports, of our females in general, our little girls to be able to have mm -hmm. those women to look up to. And even if they don't become fighters, you know, I don't advocate that everybody should choose fighting as their career because it certainly takes, I think, a certain type of personality. But the point that I'm getting to is that these women are role models. You know, they're out there conquering, they're out there doing their thing, they're riding right alongside the men, sometimes in front, you know, and, and yeah. it's just amazing to see. And, and I think the ripple effect that this is going to have on our future generations is perhaps the most powerful part of this. And there's, there's no novelty act with this. It's not this thing of like, oh, now it's time for the women to do their thing. Like that notion does not exist anymore. When you see women main eventing a card, it's, it's earned. There's so much more importance behind it as well, too. I mean, and I feel like it takes time to get there. I mean, you know, you got to walk before you can run and to be able to have the divisions growing the way that they are and the depth to the rosters the way that they are. I mean, yeah, you talk about when you first started fighting in the early 2000s to the way things are now, how many more women there are involved. Um, and, you know, I can obviously speak on the pro wrestling side of things as much as there have been so many of the trailblazers from an Alundra Blaze um, to Bull Nakano into the Trishas, the Litas, into what women are doing now and having all of these different shapes and sizes and different looks and different styles and techniques. 
um, it is it's so cool to see the women really get to shine in that spotlight. And it's it really isn't just like the oh, let the women go do their thing because it's, you know, we've, we have to let them have a little bit of time on the card. It's not that anymore. There's there's so much investment in these women. Um, yes. And it's it just it feels so good to see and to and to be able to visually see it in a very short time period, all things considered, um, you know, I'm sure it doesn't always feel like it's that short of a time period, but when you really are able to look back at the beginning of your career, even for the beginning of my career, from when I started in WWE to the, where, where things are now to be able to actually see those changes coming, come into uh, fruition as quickly as they have is so amazing to see it makes me so proud of the work that that all of these women have put in and also to like the people that have helped to back it and support it and to give these opportunities to to the women that have earned it absolutely you hit the nail on the head too you know we gotta we gotta thank our guys too you know it's it's as much as the women are out there doing the work you know a lot of it takes a a good counterpart, you know, a lot of the guys mm-hmm. are the ones that were holding the door open, you know, they might've been yep. there first, but they're, they're not, um, you know, closing the door in our face anymore. Cause I've, I've experienced that before. I'm um, sure. You know, oh my, I can't even imagine of- how different it like, you know, from when you were starting and I can imagine what, what those conversations were like or what the doors were like being slammed in your face. And it's so nice to think that like, you know, there's, there's a wedge in that door now keeping it held open. Yeah. And so we, we got to give thanks to everybody who's working together to help mm-hmm. elevate, um, elevate women, women in sports and women in general. So thank yeah. you guys. We, you we know, appreciate I- it. I always do love giving credit to, uh, I've always actually had a lot of really great men in my corner throughout my career. And uh, just as like, just as a female broadcaster and the barriers that I've been able to break down within the sports as well. Um, I've, I've had so many amazing men, um, really champion me and go to bat for me and set me yep. up for success. Um, so yeah, I mean, I will always give credit to, uh, to those men that, that helped a girl out. Shout out to you guys. <laughs> Give a dog a bone. We love oh, you. Yeah, we love you guys. Um, so for this weekend coming up with Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor, we had Amanda Serrano on last yeah. week. Um, and this is such a historic moment. I mean, you talk boxing and women's boxing. And for them to be taking over Madison Square Garden, that is a, that is no small feat. And I believe that didn't the ticket sell out like super fast too? I feel like there was some kind of little like tidbit to that as well of the tickets going up really quick or like selling super fast something like that so people are people want to be there they want to be a part they're here for it oh it was the second highest pre-sale in msg history get it ladies i love it i love seeing it i love seeing the change and that this is just becoming something that's normal as you said like the it's been very quick that this change has been happening because people are ready for it and i love seeing that this is supported um, this is a big moment for women's boxing too. like not to be underestimated how huge this moment is because what I've been saying all along is that these women have a story to be told. Mm-hmm. They just need the right people to help them tell it. Yes. And the, you know, the future generations, the, the younger audience that's coming up a little bit, they're ready to support everybody equally. And, and mm-hmm. I love that. And I just feel like, uh, women's boxing has been kind of stuck in this old, you know, way of thinking. And I'm just so elated to see them get 
their flowers, you know, like these yeah. women deserve it. They're, they're tough and they perform. And I'm, I'm still wanting the longer rounds because I, every time I watch Amanda fight, I get so frustrated that the time is up. Cause I feel like she's mm-hmm. finally found a rhythm at the end of that round and it's just not enough to get the finishes. So we just don't see enough. Uh, we don't see as many finishes in women's boxing, I think, because the time is too short. Right. We want to see w- more yeah. women's knockouts and see what they can really do. Let them have the same amount of time as the guys to get it done. Let them go. Yeah. I mean, what if we cut the guys into two minute rounds? I don't think that you would see as many finishes either. Without doubt. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're, you're 100% correct. Um, when you, when you look at, at your sport, when you look at MMA, what was the moment that you felt really cemented women and started, uh, to, to really put yourselves on the map? Well, I think that I don't want to sound like I'm just like uh, talking about myself too much here, but so take this with a grain of salt because I just feel like this was a big moment was um, when Ron and I fought each other in, in strike force. I feel like that was the moment when Dana and, you know, Lorenzo had already been kind of a fan for some time supporting it, but you know, Dana really hadn't turned the corner and I think that fight helped. Um, I think our, you know, organic rivalry, I think those things really took it. How do to you the not upper... get dollar signs in your eyes with that? Yeah. Like, come on. It's the fight that took women's MMA to the UFC, but mm-hmm. I can even dial it back f- before that when Gina Carano and Chris Cyborg were the first females to ever headline in Strikeforce. You know, got to give Scott Coker credit for kind of uh, going out on a limb and saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to try this. It's never been yeah. done. This is unprecedented, but we're going to see what happens. And it took off like wildfire. And then if you even want to dial it back even further than that, for the real fans out there, some good old Bodog hook and shoot, Jeff Osborne, he was kind of the first guy to take women's MMA under his wing. He just didn't quite have the reach you know, that, that strike force had. So this was like the infancy, but these are all big moments. You know, there was yeah. tournaments, they were doing different, you know, 125 pound versus 135 pound, uh, tournament finishers. Like it was just, they were trying to do anything that they could to get traction for women's MMA. So it graduated from that. Yeah. It started catching traction that Scott Coker got a hold of it, put it on, put it in strike force, um, headlined, then, you know, it graduated into, Round and I fighting each other, right? Then the UFC. And and the storyline continues and continues. And we see Jessica and Draj doing amazing things that have never been done by anybody in the UFC. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we see Amanda. We see Valentina. We see... Juliana. Uh, we've seen Cy- Juliana, Cyborg. That These women are just doing... Rose. Uh, Rose, yeah. Joanna Janjacek, you know. Um, these just women are just doing incredible things. So they, they continue to to burn the torch brighter than ever. It is so cool how, yeah, I mean, as much as I can say what was the moment, it's never just that one moment. It's like one big moment leads into another big moment and another big moment. And like, it can feel like it's not, I mean, I I can talk on the pro wrestling side of things where it can feel like there's almost a start, stop. What are we doing? Are we doing this? Are we moving forward with this? Uh, I mean, when you look back, I mean, I mentioned Alundra Blaze, Bull Nakano. I mean, you could look at some some moments that those women were were able to have 
so long ago to, to Trish and Lita when they first main evented Monday Night Raw and what a monumental moment that was. But I remember when I was working for WWE and being there for a moment. So a big thing was they would always call the women's matches like the popcorn matches. It's when the crowd would go up, they'd go on their, their bathroom breaks. Literally, the women's music would hit and people would walk up the stairs and they didn't have, there wasn't any respect for it because the girls were given no time on the show. Uh, they, they weren't given the respect as athletes. And it wasn't that they weren't putting in the time and the effort it just wasn't viewed in that same way so um it was uh Paige the Bella Twins AJ Lee um I know I'm leaving some other names off of that list but they started this whole give divas a chance and they were given I think they were given 90 seconds or something for their match to go out do something quick roll up and get out of there they went out and they did it in two seconds and they just hit the music because the girls were like if you're not going to give us any time we're going to do this in no time and that it made people, it really made people pay attention to how little time the women were given on the shows. And it really started this whole snowball effect of give, give divas a chance, which then led into even dropping calling the women divas at all. And it became the women's division. It's no longer the divas division. Yeah. It's not a divas title anymore. And then, you know, things so progressed from there to having the Charlottes, the Beckys, Bailey, Sasha, to having all of those women then be able to really take it onto this other level that it is now. So yeah, it's cool. It was really cool cool to to be there and see those moments of them really giving the middle finger to everybody. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you, you can see when you're a fan and you're visually watching certain things and you're like, okay, well, if if they're not given any time, obviously we don't really need to pay much attention to it because it must not be important for them to go fuck it. If this isn't important, then I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you exactly what this is and we'll do this match in two seconds. We're all going to walk to the back and, uh, they really put everybody on notice with that. So I love shout it. out to them. A tip of the hat <laughs> to those women for that hashtag give divas a chance. Um, but yeah, women absolutely crushing it. Can't wait for this weekend with, uh, with, uh, Serrano and, uh, and Katie Taylor. They're going to kill it at MSG. Hi everyone. I'm hall of fame sportscaster, Leslie Visser, and I've got a new podcast in conversation where I'll draw from 45 years of covering the final four, the NBA finals, Wimbledon, the world series, the super bowl, the Olympics, CBS even sent me to the fall of the Berlin wall. I think you'll enjoy the give and take. So subscribe today, wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app included in most subscriptions. Right now, we've got the new Bellator flyweight champion, Liz Carmouche. Liz, thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations. How are you feeling? Are you in the afterglow? What's going on? Thank you for having me. Um, Yeah, kind of still in the afterglow, still processing everything. Uh, I think mostly processing the food more than (laughs) anything else. (laughs) Uh, Well-deserved. My girl. Trying to recover. From uh, Alima's Luau. (laughs) (laughs) Little food Cohen never hurt anybody. I mean, especially when you're in Hawaii. Come on, give me the goods. Hit me with all those Poke Bowls and the Hawaii. Definitely. Um, okay. I mean, here you are, new champion. I mean, you're, we were talking about you earlier, actually. I mean, just in terms of being such a groundbreaker for women in this sport. But now at this point in your career, I mean, looking back on your fight from, uh, from the weekend, how, how are you feeling about everything? About, uh, you know, I mean, all the, the controversy everyone's talking about with the stoppage and whatnot. I mean, looking back on that, where, where do you stand on it all? 
Um, I still stand by what I originally said in my post-conference interview, especially now that I've had a, actually had a chance to look back at the film. Uh, what I think I didn't notice before is it actually looks like she goes out for a moment and that uh, additional elbows woke her back up and brought her to. Uh, whereas before, I just looked like, okay, well, she doesn't really seem to be resisting anymore. She seems to have just laid her head on the mat. She's not really moving. Um, I thought it was just kind of giving in to what, what was happening when I think in reality it's just that she actually went out for a moment then the elbows brought her back too and that it was a really good call and the safest call that could have been made. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, um, how does it feel to to win your first ever promotion? I mean, Liz, you, you, you and I, we're like, we're veterans of sport. I mean, we've, doing, we've been doing this for a minute. We're not spring chickens over here, but look at you. Look at you. I mean, going all the way through, I mean, you were, like, to give some historical context, like, you were the first woman to step foot inside the UFC octagon. I mean, you fought Ronda. You've, you were in Strike Force. You've done so much. Now you're in Bellator, and you finally capture gold. Like, give me, like, what does that mean to your legacy? What does that mean to everything that you've been striving for? And, I mean, obviously, you've served in the military. You're a great ambassador ambassador for the LGBTQ community. I mean, you you stand for so many great things, but I think seeing you accomplish this dream, it made me really happy. I want to know how it made you feel. Yeah, no, it felt great, especially um, all my fights with Bellator have been during the COVID bubble. So we haven't had a crowd. I haven't had family or friends there. This is the first time that I finally had a fight. It's for the belt, and my wife and my son got to be there. I had so many Aww. family and friends that were there. So it meant the world to finally do this. Um, to achieve this. This is like that one mark I've made, like you said, so many history markers throughout my legacy. And the one thing missing that's always been missing to top off everything was have that championship belt. So it means so much. And then uh, to do it with Beltor, the organization, everyone here has been great to do it in beautiful Hawaii. I mean, it just all seems like it was just meant to be. Yeah, so cool. I love it's, that. It's so I great that. to see do you, uh, you know we're talking oh go ahead Misha I'm sorry I had one more follow-up and we I followed yeah. I was I didn't put that in there I'm sorry but um <laughs> the, the immediate rematch I just gotta ask you about that really quick like there people are, are are crying for it vying for it is that what you want or do you want some fresh blood I like fresh blood you know even on rematches where I know that I question whether or not I actually lost the fight even then I'm like I really don't want to fight the same person I never have whether I lost or I won I always yeah. like the idea of changing things up once it's that whole idea of looking back in the mirror yeah. once you've you've set pace on the road you don't want to go back and do it again it's not going to play out the same story so it doesn't make sense to do it so i would certainly love an opportunity to face a different opponent give somebody else a chance to spend working up through the ranks and see what they have to offer and try a new light and then if a rematch comes down the road absolutely but i definitely like to do something different for the next fight I like that. Keep growing, keep moving, test out some new waters. Um, we were talking earlier in the show, uh, you know, just looking back to this past weekend, uh, to you being on the card uh, to, to main eventing, to Cyborg, um, to Jessica Andrade, and now coming up this weekend with uh, with Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano, they're going to be at Madison Square Garden. This is huge for women in combat sports. How much have you been able to see and witness the sport change literally under your nose? I mean, you and Misha talking about being trailblazers in this game, uh, just talking about the changes that you've seen in the sport and what, what a weekend like this really means for women. A weekend like this is beautiful. I, I mean, uh, it's everything that women's MMA needs. It just shows the progress we made in the sport. Um, and I, I think Misha can attest to this as well as I can. When I started off, there weren't gyms where women were the dominant figures in there. Nope. <laughs> um, very, very often just to find a gym that accepted women in their gym at all 
let alone to participate on the team was very few and far between and then um to hear about uh, like other pro females it just it didn't you're not training with with females you're training with guys and anytime they like to do an interview they're like wow you train with guys I'm like yeah any woman that's out here only trains with guys we don't have an option <laughs> like there's yeah. 12 women on the team you know and so i see it changing so much and certainly women headlining on a card co-main or main event it's not, we were put on the prelims and we we're kind of like forgotten, like, yeah, I guess you guys can go here and nobody, we're not going to talk about your, your fight at all. Nobody's going to know about it. You're not going to be on a poster on a banner on anything. Whereas now that's not the case. You watch this whole mm -hmm. week with Bellator, you watch it with the UFC. It's women are being recognized for how much we put forth in every single fight, how we go out there and we have such tenacity and we give all of our heart to try and represent because we're not going out there just representing ourselves. We're going out there representing our gender. Every time mm -hmm. that we lose or win a fight, it's always put in line. It's not like a, oh, well, she could have done better, but she's a woman. So of course she, that's, that's what it always is. Whereas a guy yeah. could go out there and it's completely different. So we go out there with such fierceness and such force that we put on a great show. And I think that people are starting to recognize that. So they want women to start headlining the fights to be that exciting into the card. Absolutely. Yeah. I would say we're well, we're, we are, we are being recognized, like put some respect on the females. Like we are out there doing it. I love seeing that's three headlines in one weekend, all female. I think it's fantastic. And then as you mentioned, Renee, the boxing fight, but you know, you're talking about um, some perspective here and I'd like to deep dive a little bit on that because you're absolutely right. Like when, when we started, it wasn't like there was no other women to train with. It wasn't the cool thing to do. Like we were getting paid breadcrumbs. We were not superstars. We were, as you mentioned, you know, just kind of like thrown on cards here and there it's like fillers it almost felt like we didn't even get the yeah. same amount of time like as the men did in the rounds I mean so I think you and I have both experienced this um, growth and evolution from a, a, a perspective that is unique in that um, we do know what it was like way back in the day and how much it's progressed so give me a little uh, a little on that like do you get to train with females now what do you see inside of the gym as you're training do you see more women do you see more little girls like what do you think the ripple effect of the things that um, you know we've been through and what we're seeing now and all these women headlining like what do you see the change over the course of your career I've seen so much change. Um, I mean, even thinking back, I was telling my wife, I was like, yeah, in strike force, as females, we weren't allowed to elbow a grounded opponent to the head. So if you're in this great position and they're covering up well, the fight would keep going on. Yeah, you wouldn't have been able to, you might not have been able to win that fight if it was back in the day. Yeah. You might have not. Yeah. I mean, in that position at that moment. Yeah. Yeah, so I look at things like that, and even the rounds uh, for a lot of females, I know I, it wasn't for me, but for other females that I knew of, is they even only had three-minute rounds. They couldn't do five-minute rounds. Yeah. So those are just like two little changes that are so different and so drastic that have happened. Um, when I look at the opportunities for young athletes, both male and female, I didn't see large kids programs where the possibility of a real future they can invest in, where they could really pursued full-time when anybody talked about MMA it's not something you did as a full-time job you did MMA right. because you loved it and you knew full well that you had other jobs where you were hustling so yeah. you could follow your dreams where that's changed so much for both men and women and then you fast forward and that was really only available for men men were the only ones it was always women where they had other jobs or their husband was there or their partner was there that yeah. was able to help provide for them like hey you do your dreams this is something you love and at least you'll get to do it. It wasn't even like in 10 years, maybe we, you'll be able to provide it financially too. Like we all knew like that wasn't it. We weren't in this for money. We were in this because we yeah. loved it. And now you can see women, they're making lives out of it and they're making 
they're headlining fights and, and big cards. I see young women in the gym that come up to me and they're like, yeah, I watched you coming up when I was in middle school. I'm like, wait, what? Middle school? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I'm 21 and I'm a pro. I'm like, oh, you're 20 in middle school. Oh, it's been that long. Oh, yeah. It's been Let me do minute. the math on that real quick. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Guys, we are joined um, by the new Bellator flyweight champion, Liz Carmouche. Uh, I mean, just breaking barriers, been in the game for such a long time and continue to uh, to just be such a badass. I mean, talking about the changes that have happened, happened. what are some things that you think could still change, other progressions that could be made uh, in the sport for women? I think there's still a lot of progressions. I do think that there's still a huge disparity between how women are paid and how men are paid. Um, there's still, I know uh, up until Bellator, I still had to, to be a full-time gym owner and I had to teach classes and do private training and make phone calls to the front desk. I couldn't live just for fighting. It just wasn't possible. Even at the level where I'm at, I'm like, Hey, I've been number 10 in the world, my entire fight career since fight number three, I've been number 10 in the world. And I haven't been able to bear the financial burden to take care of my family because it just wasn't possible. Um, and, and that really needs to change. I think that more people need to understand what women have to offer and how how good women can be as a spokesperson. If you listen, even in interviews, women carry themselves differently. The sportsmanship attitude usually is, is I would say, the exception of my fight this weekend, usually so much better. Um, and then in interviews, they carry themselves very well. They're articulate. They usually want to go out there and they want to look nice and stuff. And they care about putting on a persona that's going to win over people. And that is a huge part of the sport that is often overlooked. So we really need to start closing that gap and making sure that women are getting paid the same as men, because if we're going to be headlining fights, we certainly deserve to get paid the same. Liz, how the hell did you do all of those things from keeping a gym open and fighting and training and juggling all of these things? Like, listen, I know that women are badasses and we are <laughs> incredible multitaskers, but it is really crazy when these like top tier, you know, like ranked in the world athletes are still having to juggle all of these things. I mean, were there ever times that you thought about walking away? Yeah, you know, um, as I say, even like even in this fight, um, one thing I haven't really spoke about is my wife, just a few weeks before my fight, she ended up having an emergency heart surgery. Um, she has a rare heart disease. This is her, her seventh surgery, but this one came out of the blue. It wasn't something we expected. And she's also running a service dog breeding program and training program. So we have these dogs in that she's training. She has a pony that she's training for the dogs to help them for service dogs wow. and doing all this stuff. I'm trying to juggle it. And I was like, man, I don't know. Maybe I'm making a mistake by taking this fight and I'm putting the well-being of my family ahead of what I should be doing. Maybe, maybe I need to figure out some other job. And really what it comes down to at the end of the day is I invested everything into this and I really don't know what I would do if I wasn't fighting. This is uh, everything that I do. And so there have definitely been moments where I'm like, well, maybe I'll go back into the military. You know, I have always longed to go back in. There's always a connection there. I've always had such a great experience there. Maybe that's what I should do. Maybe I'm, I'm being a fool by following the stream of fighting and it's costing me so much. And it comes at such an expense because I'm constantly grinding. It's not like a, Oh, yeah. it's just an eight hour thing. Like, no, I have a two full-time jobs and I'm also fighting full time. Yeah. yeah. And so there are definitely moments where I've really considered just hanging it up and, and saying, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. I need to find something else. 
so crazy when those moments happen too. It's always like something dire happens, but then here you are. I mean, here you are, new champion. You you won gold. You've got a title around your waist now. It's it's so nice to see that that payoff is paying yeah. off. It's it's so great to see. I'm I'm very like genuinely happy for you, Liz. You've been doing this Thank for so you. long, and you've done so many great things for to represent our gender, to represent our sport, to represent humanity. And uh, I think you've never looked better with gold around your waist. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, listen, Liz, we'll let you get back to uh, all that good food that, that awaits you. You more than deserve it. Sit back, sit in that afterglow. Soak get some it all shave up. ice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll be able to have you on again uh, sometime. But I also just hope that you get to enjoy a little bit of downtime right now with your wife and your son. Yeah, and, and good luck with everything with your wife and her, her surgery. I hope her recovery is going well. And uh, we look forward to seeing you defend your belt. Thank you so much. Throwing Down with Renee and Misha is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The show is produced by Michael Russo and Kelly Murphy. Sound designed by Nari Balin. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts.